Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Charlie. Glorious, glorious, glorious. I love that we are opening up to other voices that are not just mine. <laughs> for a year, it was like, kind of like the Jonathan show, right? Yeah. Um, so grateful to have you here. Thanks for being here. I was telling Charlie, so this is, this is incidental. This is actually not part of my message today. But I was telling Charlie before uh, service started today that that particular song, Spinning Wheel, used to be in my uh, audition book when I was an actor living in New York. And uh, it's like, well, what would you ever use that for? And I said, well, at the time, all the casting directors wanted you to have songs from every single decade in your book. And so that was mine from the 60s. Yeah, and I loved singing it when I would get the chance, which was pretty rare, but loved singing it. Yeah. So what happens when your administrator at your church, as the senior minister, you have an administrator at your church, and he asks you, so what is your message going to be on Sunday? He asks this in the middle of the week, because he puts together the marketing material and everything, right? It's like, oh, um, gosh, well, uh, call it the grand exchange. Actually, I said, call it the great exchange. And he said, I think you should call it the grand exchange. And I said, okay, that sounds good. Call it the grand exchange. And then I think about, you know, well, what does the grand exchange mean? I think about that for the rest of the week. And, you know, I get these ideas and flashes and thoughts and things and everything. And I keep going through, keep going through, keep going through. It's like, then I get to Sunday morning when I, you know, I wake up and get to the church by 6 on Sunday morning. And that's when I actually sit down to write my thoughts, my notes on what I want to present on Sunday. And I think to myself, the grand exchange is not right. And then I remember one of the great lessons that I was uh, offered when I was becoming a minister, and that was a minister who said, never let the title of your message get in the way of what you need to say on a Sunday. <laughs> and what a great lesson. Never let what you think should be get in the way of what will be. It's a great lesson for all of us, right? Yeah. And so I thought today to myself, well, I don't know that the grand exchange really means that much to me. We'll see if anything flows through, because I'm going to allow spirit to do its perfect work. I'm going to allow spirit to just flow today. And then I thought, oh, we have a new month. We have a new theme for the month, which is communion. And then people say, communion? Are you talking about, like, receiving communion? You know, the, I don't know what that was. The, <laughs> you know, the, the, the bread and the wine. I'm like, no, 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 no. What I mean by communion is deepening into the understanding that communion means we are each and every one of us participating in something that is common to all of us. It is common unity. It is common union, community. That's what communion means, right? To deepen into that understanding that we are each and every one of us living in a common unity. Now, what unity means is that there is room for each and every one of us to have our magnificent expression. Unity does not mean uniformity. Think about that. Unity does not mean uniformity. I am never up here saying, we must all think exactly the same way. We must have these thoughts because these are the thoughts that are going to get us to the next place. Because that's what a lot of, you know, 
spiritual philosophies are thinking about is, well, what's going to happen in the next place? That's the thing I'm going to concern myself with. And we forget to live in this here and now moment. And so in unity, we suggest living here and living now because you know what? This is it. This is it. So unity does not mean uniformity. Unity stands for each and every one of us being able to live the most magnificent, unique expression of our lives that we can and letting go of any place or sense or need for conformity. Oh, conformity. I'm going to ask a question. Who would you be and I know I've asked this question before, but I think it bears repeating. Who would you be if you had no one else to compare yourself to? Think about that for a moment. Who would you be if you had no one else to compare yourself to? And I'm going to tell you, I compare myself to people all the time. I don't let myself off the hook, because even as the minister, we're still doing the work. Ministers, licensed teachers, Anyone who is involved in a spiritual path is always doing the work. And so before you perhaps step back and go, oh, I don't compare myself with others, just consider for a moment that perhaps there is something below the level of awareness that is standing and allowing yourself to compare yourself with others all the time. Who would you be if you let go of that need to compare yourself to others? We are barraged all the time, and especially in these types of churches, unity, unity churches, centers for spiritual living, divine science churches, wherever, wherever you are hearing the new thought message, you're hearing it on Oprah. Well, from Oprah, there is no Oprah show anymore, not in the same way. But you were hearing it on Oprah, and she is, she's, actually, she's actually a magnificent new thought minister. Do you realize that? She is a magnificent New Thought minister. She's just not credentialed in the way that I got credentialed to be a New Thought minister. But she is teaching the philosophy of being uniquely yourself. And so we hear these messages all the time. Be yourself, be yourself, be yourself, right? And then we're also told at the same time by other places, but don't ruffle any feathers. Be yourself, but don't ruffle any feathers. Well, maybe the me that I am is going to ruffle a few feathers. We find ourselves ashamed of ruffling feathers all the time because we are taught that we need to please everyone. It was one of the greatest lessons I gave up. I gave up the idea that I had to please everyone as a minister, and it caused a lot of tension in various churches that I have led because I have... With, no, with, with, with all due respect to the board members in the room, because you have board members who are saying, but we need to draw in all the people. I said, we need to draw in the people that are attracted to what we are offering. We need to attract that. Those are, we are finding our tribe constantly. So we're, we are barraged with be yourself messages as long as you don't ruffle any feathers, because when you don't ruffle any feathers, well, then you're going to attract into your experience all the people. We're never going to attract or be liked by everyone. So let's let go of that notion here and now and forever. Because what happens is when we think that we should not ruffle feathers, and I'm not saying that we're going to purposefully ruffle feathers, 
But sometimes just being ourselves is going to ruffle feathers. We should not purposefully ruffle feathers, but allow ourselves to be our authentic selves. And those who are not attracted to you as your authentic self, they're going to drift away. And you know what I say? Pray for their highest and furthest. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> there are plenty of people in my life that I have prayed for their highest and furthest. I will never deny that they are the expression of love, but it's a love in their expression that maybe I don't need to be around all the time, and that's okay. We need to stop berating ourselves all the time. So let's let that go. Let us truly live our authentic selves. What goes up must come down. The spinning wheel must go around. We are constantly living in this infinite sea of circulation, and how great is that? We're in a consistent exchange of energy, and there it is, the grand exchange. We are living in a consistent grand exchange of energy. Ah, do you feel it? Do you feel it? This week has been, for me, focused on a lot of choice-making. A lot of choice-making. One of the choices that, I'm, that I've really been looking at this week is, am I living in conformity and consistency? Or am I looking at life from another perspective? Am I living in conformity and consistency? These are, these are two things, ultimately, these are two things that deter. I don't know if that's quite the right word I want to use, but that's the word I'm using right now. These are things that deter our sense of self-trust. To what degree do you trust yourself? To what degree do you understand who you are to such a degree that you do not feel the need to be conformed? I mean, many of the adversities that we face seem to be rooted in the adherence to ideas that we have been sold from others. And we convince ourselves that who we are being, who we are being, is our true nature, when it may not be. It may be what other people want us to be. And I'm saying today, let that go. We end up, we end up often having to review this question when we start to let that go. It's a hard question. But when we let that question go, when we, when, when we let go of that idea that we need to conform, we may start asking the question, what am I lacking? Because I thought that I knew who I was when I was in this sense of conformity. I thought I knew who I was when I was in a sense of consistency. I thought I knew who I was. So when I let that go, what do I feel I'm lacking? And the infinite spiritual truth is you lack nothing. That's the spiritual truth. But boy, isn't it hard sometimes to allow that spiritual truth to show up as your actual experience of truth? Because we can look around us and go, oh gosh, I feel disappointed in the things that I feel that I am lacking in life. So how do we move from that place, that conscious idea of lack into an awareness of 
I am valued and valuable. I am loved and lovable. I am power and powerful. If we decided to give up that question, what am I lacking? Because that's how a lot of people do approach spiritual paths. They come to the spiritual path going, I feel like I'm lacking something. What am I lacking? What am I lacking? What am I lacking? I'm going to look out here for the answer. What am I lacking? Oh, there's an answer out there in this spiritual path. And I'm going to say, let's turn that around today. Let's stop asking that question, what am I lacking? And let us start asking this question, where am I thriving? Where am I thriving? And realizing that our thriving does not rely on the opinions of others. Where am I thriving? Because what you put your focus on in mind grows in your experience. So if you look at where you are thriving, you're going to find more ways to thrive in your experience of life. So where am I thriving today? That's releasing the need to conform. Because oftentimes, what we think we are lacking, and when we ask that question, where am I lacking or what am I lacking, we are looking at it in comparison to other people. If we ask ourselves, where am I thriving, in what way am I thriving, we can let go of comparisons to others because what others are expressing doesn't matter to our sense of love and thriving. So that's releasing a need to conform. You know, Romans 12, uh, 12 2, we often go to the second half of Romans 12, 2, and we say, be transformed by the renewing of your minds, right? It's very common in unity churches. We take that to heart. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. But a lot of people forget that that's actually the second half of the sentence. The first half of the sentence is this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We put so much emphasis on that second half that we forget that it's a call to each and every one of us to let go of conformity, to let go of consistency, to let go of the need to please others from a sense that we are lacking in some way. If we are truly ourselves, if we are truly ourselves, then we need, then we can let go of that need to conform. And we are transformed. And there's no active thing that we have to make happen in the world of form because when we are transformed in mind, the world unfolds according to that change in mind. That's the whole point and purpose of prayer. Prayer is not about trying to change God. Prayer is about trying to change the self so that we are expressing more of the God essence that we inherently are. That is being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's the whole point and purpose of prayer. Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, invited us to understand it in this way. Um, he wrote this, Whoso would be a man, and yes, he's using gendered language, so we, let's move past that, because he's meaning everyone. Whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist. A lot of this philosophy is rooted in the transcendentalist movement, in the works of Ralph Waldo Emerson specifically, and his essay on self-reliance, to deepen into the understanding that we are the very power we seek. We are the thing that we have been seeking. 
That's who we are. It's our identity. That is, I always point up there because I always feel like it's going to be up there, but it's not. That is remembering who we are. At some point, I am going to get it permanently put up there. Love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. But that is how we remember who we are, by remembering at all times that we needn't conform to the ways of the world. We must express our unique selves at all times. So part of my life as an actor before I became a minister, was rooted in conformity. You may recognize and understand what I'm about to talk about. Uh, because I was always looking to conform myself to what I thought the casting director wanted. Casting directors are very powerful people in this industry, and in that, well, that, this in, they're very powerful people in this industry, the industry of church. No, they're not. They're powerful people in the industry of, of performance. Casting directors are the gatekeepers to being cast in whatever production you're being cast in. And I think a mistake that a lot of young actors make, and I certainly made this for a lot of my life, was trying to conform to what I thought they wanted. When I let that go, and I was able to walk into a room as my authentic self, I started getting hired more consistently. And it's a great message for each and every one of us to take with us into life, that we can let go of the need to conform and be our authentic selves, walking in and allowing that energy in any room we experience, and we will be accepted. Because life is not a dress rehearsal. We are constantly being cast in the expression and experience of our lives. And so why shouldn't we show up as our authentic selves at all times? Because here's the other part of that. I would try to conform myself to what I thought the casting director wanted, but I didn't really know what they were looking for. I didn't really know. I just had an idea. Oh, well, here's what it says on the page. I think that's what they're looking for. I'm gonna try to be that. Just be. Just be your authentic self. And if you are right for the role, then you will be cast in the role. And here's the thing I know about each and every one of us. We are each and every one of us right for the role of the life we are playing because if we were not, we would not have been cast in this role. You are on your perfect journey of authentic expression. Each and every one of you, each and every one of us, we are on our journey of authentic expression. Everyone in our lives can be looked at as a casting director and the degree to which we feel we need to conform to their ideas if we are constantly auditioning to be liked, <gasps> I suffered from that for a long time, auditioning with all of my friends to be liked all the time, rather than just being true to who I am. Does that resonate with anyone? Like, feeling like you have to be something for someone else? It's a rhetorical question, just reflect. Let's stop auditioning and understand that we have the role of a lifetime. We have the role that is us. That's why spiritual practice has become so important to me. It's through spiritual practice that I learned to be my authentic self. And it is through spiritual practice that I found myself being able to understand my authentic self and translate it into the expression and experience of my life. 
It's through spiritual practice, I believe, and I teach, that we can connect to our intuitive nature and move away from conformity and consistency in a healthy way. Because it's about, as Winnell was talking about, it's about understanding that which is within first and foremost and allowing that to inform the changes we make in our expression and experience. It is not about trying to change or coerce the circumstances. It is not about trying to change or coerce the experience because that will be short-lived. It's about rehabitualizing the mind into a deep understanding of the truth of our being. That's how we transform our minds. That's how we do it. The scariest thing we will ever face, the scariest thing we will ever face is ourselves free of the confines of other people's opinions. Because if we are free of the confines of other people's opinions, then we have to own up to the truth of our being. And sometimes we may not like what we see, but you know what? If we don't like what we see, that is a clue to how we get to shift and change in mind. One of my mentors in ministry, Dr. Jim Lockard, wrote this. Facing our own inner issues and demons is among the deepest spiritual and psychological work we do. The purpose of such deep work is to transcend the negative, fear-based beliefs that limit our expressions in life. If you are ready to unlimit yourself, if you are ready to live in that grand exchange of magnificent love and light, let go, let go. Face those inner demons, face what needs to be faced and know that you have the power within you to do so because you needn't be conformed to this world. You needn't be in a space of always being foolishly consistent in this world. We are living expressions of the most high. The grand exchange ultimately is about letting go of that sense of smallness. God is greatness on demand. A magnificent principle of life creative force energy and it is expressing uniquely, uniquely as you. What magnificent gift will you choose to bring to this thing called life? What magnificent gift will you choose to be in this thing called life? Please, please, please don't ever underestimate your magnificence. And please don't ever exchange your sense of unique magnificence by giving over to conformity. That's the grand exchange. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. The homework this week is a series of questions that I would like us all to place some focus on. This, the homework does go out in our uh, email on Mondays, so if you receive our email, this will be written in the email. The homework is this. Ask these questions this week. Where am I lacking? Where am I thriving? Where am I conforming? And where am I expressing authentically? I'm going to go through those questions again. Where am I lacking? Where am I thriving? Where am I conforming? And where am I expressing authentically? As you discover answers to those questions, see if there are any patterns that you begin to understand and recognize. Because here's the thing, awareness 
is the first key to creating change in your life. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.